You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder podcast, episode 38, Mastering Type 1 Diabetes with Robbie Barbero. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are your very happy hosts, Sarah and Christopher. Hello, everybody. Super excited to bring this interview to you today with Robbie Barbero. He is a co-founder of Mastering Diabetes, and he's been living with type 1 diabetes since the age of 12. He's now 29, but he coaches people through this process. But before we get into it and give you his full bio and the interview, we will give you some updates. Yeah, let's talk about it. What's happening here with soul and wonder. So we always have a lot of things going on, as you know, from all of our previous episodes of giving you these updates. But most recently, we've posted some events on our website that we'll be at speaking at specifically. We have our first event coming up on November 8th in Charlotte. It's a conscious talk series that we're, we have launched and we'll be doing once a month. And we also have some amazing festivals we'll be attending and speaking at, one being on November 25th at the Solutionary Health Festival in Sarasota, Florida, specifically at Osprey Shire Park. Yes, so shout out to all our friends living in that area. We'd love to have you out there. Tell your other friends and family. Yes, and we will also be speaking after the first of the year in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Arizona veg food fest so we're really stoked to go out there we're going to make a cross-country trip and have some fun while we do that and uh, we'll be speaking at both of these events on uh, our keynote topic which is finding health happiness and connection the body mind soul approach to veganism yes 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 and be sure to visit our website soulandwonder.com and click on the tab Appearances. You can see all of our upcoming events as well as the keynote topics we speak on. And if you're interested, you can always hire us and book us for your next event. There's a tab or a button, I should say, that you can click on and it will take you right to a form where you fill out and we'd be happy to talk to you in more detail. Absolutely. So shall we give them the, the scoop on Robbie Barbero? Hell yeah. So Robbie Barbero, as I said, is the co-founder of Mastering Diabetes. You can find them at masteringdiabetes.org. He was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in 2000 at the age of 12 and embraced a low-fat plant-based whole food lifestyle in the year 2006 and has been living this way since. So to this day, adopting this lifestyle has been the best decision of his life. After 10 plus years of eating a plant-based diet, his hemoglobin A1C value has never exceeded 6.4% and his current A1C is 5.9%. He also overcame chronic allergies, unsightly acne, and painful plantar fasciitis. Is that how you say that? Fasciitis. 
He lives with abundant energy and the confidence of being heart attack proof as a result of sound nutrition and fitness habits. So Robbie graduated from the University of Florida in 2011 and served as operations manager at Forks Over Knives for six years before turning his attention to coaching people with diabetes full time. Robbie enjoys exercising every day, spending time with friends, and sharing his lifestyle on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Snapchat, all of which we've linked in the description of this episode so you can follow him. And I encourage that. You know, we got into some juicy topics on this one. As you know, we've interviewed people uh, for with type 2 diabetes, but it was a goal of ours to get someone managing and living strong and well with type 1 diabetes on a whole food plant-based diet. Yes. And if you want to learn more about the type 2 after you listen to Robbie, you can check out Adam Sud's interview. And that was episode 18 of the Soul and Wonder podcast. Super inspirational. Check it out. So some of the topics that we covered in today's interview, obviously his personal story on his diagnosis and his experience with a variety of dietary approaches, beginning, of course, with the standard American diet and adding grass-fed beef, raw milk, etc. He then moved into a high-fat, lower-carb, plant-based diet but that wasn't doing it for him either. So he ended up settling on a low fat, high carb, whole food plant diet. So we also talk about details on how exactly this particular lifestyle and diet reverses insulin resistance and manages type one diabetes. And one of my favorite parts of the conversation is when he shares with us the underlying issues with high protein, high fat, low carb diets for all types of diabetes. And at the end of the interview, you're going to get some wonderful, informative advice for our listeners out there who might be dealing with type 1 currently. And of course, he brings us up to date on the happenings of his diabetes coaching company called Mastering Diabetes. And we will not be doing a health tip because this whole entire episode is essentially a health tip. So we'll recap at the end and catch you guys then. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have Robbie on the show. Robbie, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and your wonderful knowledge with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, to share my experience and hopefully uh, it helps some other people. Yes. Awesome. You, you know, we we've 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 interviewed Adam Sud. You know Adam, right? Absolutely. Yes. What he a volunteered at our last retreat. He's a good friend. Oh, Daddy, nice. Yeah, he, he's great. We really enjoy, uh, we keep in touch with him and uh, we really love bringing him on episode 18 of the podcast. Yeah, you know, and he had such an inspirational story with healing his type 2 diabetes. And so I have been digging for someone for type 1 because there's so many myths I think that need to be debunked. And what better way to do that than having someone personally going through it themselves? I'm I'm happy to do that. And there's a lot to talk about. Good, good. So let's dive into the past a bit. You were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 12, correct? That is correct. So I'm 29 now. So I've been living with it for 17 years. And you know, my diagnosis story is a little interesting. Uh, my I have two older brothers. And my middle older brother also has type 1 diabetes. Mm. And he was diagnosed 
many years before I was. So there was a time when I was super thirsty and going to the bathroom all the time. And I was telling my mom, like, mom, I think I have diabetes, just like Stephen. She's like, no, don't be silly. No, you don't. So that went on for maybe a couple of weeks. And then eventually my mom and my dad were out of town. It was just me and my brother at home. And my mom called to check in. And I said, you know, I couldn't sleep last night. I felt terrible. I was cramping. She's like, okay, go ahead, go upstairs, use your brother's blood glucose meter and test yourself. And I was in the 400s and wow. you're supposed to be between 70 and 120. Um, that's like a healthy range. And I was way, way up there in the 400s, which is not good. And my brother basically said right then and there, you know, you have type one diabetes, pack your bag, you're gonna be in the hospital for a couple of days. So we went to the general doctor first. And I remember they ran some tests and then we sat in the room and the doctor told, uh, told us, you know, the news and my brother, I remember him starting to cry, which I don't think I'd ever seen him cry before. And he was like, oh, I'm just so sorry. You have to deal with this. And my parents flew home that night. So I only had to spend one night in the hospital because my family knew exactly what to do. And I always remember my parents just saying that this is, this is just an inconvenience and it's not going to stop you from doing anything you want to do and you're going to be just fine what, so what was that like for you i mean 12 years old to get such life-altering news really you know it um it really looking back on it for whatever reason i think it's just my parents um and the way they handled it it really wasn't that big of a deal like i don't look back and think oh my gosh my life just got like totally derailed or anything like that like sure. really nothing nothing changed i just I was always a type, type A type of person. I was very good at counting my carbohydrates and managing the insulin. I always did pretty good at that. And I just, you know, did what I had to do. And like my parents said, it was just an inconvenience. But um, I was a competitive tennis player. Uh, that was my big focus as a, as a teenager. And I just, I just lived life. Wow. You know, you got to roll with the punches. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you eventually switched to a low-fat whole food plant-based lifestyle how far from being diagnosed at with type 1 to making the switch were you so i was diagnosed with type 1 at the age of 12 it was january and then i turned 13 in march so i started to make like lifestyle modifications probably around 14 15 ish mm -hmm. um and eventually like it was one change after another. First, it was taking supplements. Then it was learning about organic food. And then grass-fed beef is better than conventionally farmed beef. And maybe you should have raw milk instead of pasteurized milk. I got into the Weston A. Price organization. So it was always some small changes. But I was, I think I was about 18. I know it was. And I officially started following a low-fat plant-based whole food diet. So it's been over 10 years now. Wow. So this was all, I, I'm assuming, self-education. So you were diving into different books and trying to figure out different alternatives through different mediums, such as maybe documentaries, books, shows, whatever it was. Yes, it was completely self-education, just one book after another, podcast, and just things. Every step of the way, it was like, this is a logical progression. Okay, that makes sense. You know, so I read that book. Okay, wait a, wait a minute. If that's, that just makes sense. I'll do it. And it just kept on progressing until I got to where I am now. And uh, 
there's really uh, nowhere to go from here except to just keep maintaining it. <laughs> right, right. So, so what year was this then? Uh, you said you're 29 now and you were 12 when you first got diagnosed. So what year was that? Excuse so 2000, <laughs> so I think it was 2000, 2000 okay. that I was diagnosed. And then 2006 when I really followed a low-fat plant-based whole food diet. You know, it's, it's, it's funny we, how far we've come in such a short amount of time because even at that time and back in the early 2000s, I can imagine they're probably your resources were quite limited. This, this movement has really started to explode in the past four or five years now. Um, and a lot of information is starting to come out about it. Um, so I can imagine at that point when you were trying to dig a lot of this stuff up, it was probably not as easy as it would be maybe today to do that. It was totally different. Absolutely. We live in a world of easy access to really good information, but also some bad information. So mm -hmm. it makes it challenging. But there's no doubt that we're living in a good time right now. Absolutely. So, so what was your diet like prior to switching to this, this low-fat, whole-food, plant-based lifestyle? So growing up, I followed a standard American diet. Uh, it was nothing off limits. We ate anything and everything. And then I started to make the modifications where I started to have more supplements. And then it was a... The first thing I was the Weston A Price diet. That was well, actually before that. I went to a electrodermal dermal screening test, EDST. Um, I went to that person. It was a naturopath that would do that. She would take this device and she would put like this copper tip on my on my fingertip, and then it would go back to this computer machine and and it would say what foods I could eat and couldn't eat. And I would follow that list religiously. I would go there, you know, I don't know, maybe every four months or so and get different supplements. And I have this long list, like 10 or 11 pages of exactly what is okay to eat, what is not okay to eat. And apparently it would fluctuate. And I stuck to that uh, religiously. And then after that, I started getting to a little bit more of the Western A. Price Foundation, which focused on grass-fed beef and raw dairy, such as like raw milk. So I remember I would go to a farm stand. This is in Florida. And it's illegal to sell raw milk for human consumption, at least it was at that time. So you would buy milk that's technically for cat consumption. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then, you know, we would drink it. So that was kind of funny. Um, so I did that. And then I saw the movie Raw for 30 Days um, from Gabriel Cousins made that yeah. movie. And uh, there was a guy in there, Kurt Tyson who, it's an interesting story where he was technically uh, a type one diabetic and they didn't know that while filming the movie, but his blood work afterwards did indicate that. And he, through following the Gabriel Cousins program, was able to not use insulin. And so that was really inspiring. So I got in touch with him and started following that program. What does that um, program entail, just for listeners who yeah. might not know? So that program is a very high fat raw food diet. So you basically get a lot of your calories from oil, nuts and seeds. Um, and yes, yeah, stuff basically oil, nuts and seeds, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have lots of greens and fruit, at least in the phase one program is completely cut out. And you can add in a little bit more fruit uh, as you get into phase two and phase three. So I followed that religiously. Um, and I was got in touch with Kurt. He was super nice. He talked to me on the phone. He was supportive. I did that for, I could only do it for about one month. And I just, I had no energy. Mm. I, could, I couldn't maintain it. I did get to the least total insulin that I've ever used, but I was also consuming the least total carbohydrate ever consumed. So my insulin sensitivity 
was actually the worst it's ever been. So, but my total insulin intake was low. So I thought, oh, that's great. And, um, you know, the goal always sort of that got me really, really going with this and, and pursuing all these things was I read a book called Natural Cures They Don't Want You to Know About. And this book by Kevin Trudeau, it was a very big deal at the time. He had uh, infomercials on TV. He was a, definitely a best-selling author. And I can't even remember what exactly the book said or what page it was on, but something in that book planted the seed in my mind that it's possible to reverse type 1 diabetes. Mm -hmm. And that's what just sent me on uh, just this mission to do anything and everything I possibly can to try and put my body in a place where it can heal itself. That's been the mindset. How are you and, feeling on the uh, grass-fed beef and raw milk approach? I mean, I think at the time I was, each time I made these changes, I was always feeling better than I was before because it was always some sort of positive change. Sure. Um, but eventually I, I got a little bit grossed out with that stuff. And just gathered more knowledge that, you know, maybe animal products are not really the healthiest things to consume. And eventually I just sort of switched. So I can't say I felt like terrible on the Western A price diet. And I, mm -hmm. I was just like unhappy or something. I just found something better. Well, but I can't say when I did the Gabriel Cousins, the Gabriel Cousins program is a vegan program, plant-based. Uh, I can say on that program, I did, I did feel the worst that I've ever felt physically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you started you know, with the sad standard American diet, uh, you know, and, and starting at that point is essentially starting at rock bottom, <laughs> although we live at rock bottom for our whole entire lives. So when you add in anything that could be somewhat nutritional to your body, it's only kind of up from there. But again, it's trying to find that balance and eating intuitive the way you feel the best. And I think that's the most important thing. Well, I just want to say that the fact that it's illegal to sell um, raw milk to human beings or unpasteurized milk to human beings for consumption is probably a big red flag that maybe we just shouldn't <laughs> be drinking this, you know, bodily secretions at all. But that's just my two cents. Yeah. If people just do some Googling and watch some videos on YouTube and just decide to learn about the dairy industry, I'm, I'm pretty sure people can come to that same conclusion. Absolutely. It's just something I'm really passionate about in general. I think people should just gain knowledge. Like you don't have to necessarily do something, but you don't have to change. But just becoming aware of the facts is really powerful and something I think everybody should do. And if you decide after having the facts, you still want to participate in that, then hey, go right ahead. But uh, it's hard to do so when, once you know the facts. Unfortunately, ignorance is bliss for many people, and uh, we live off of that. So <laughs> that seems to be the, uh, uh, I guess, majority in this country. A lot of people would rather ignore it than to oh, actually I was, face it. I was there too. Yep. I remember telling my first vegan friend I ever met, "I don't want to know." <laughs> you know, wow. I, I, rem yep. I remember that moment. You know, um, but you're right. When we open our hearts and our minds, and we accumulate the information, and we start to pull back the veil, we start to see things from a, a different light, whether it's nutritionally or just morally. It's a it's a journey and you have to be ready to embrace it. Um, I'm curious though, you know, you're going through these different stages, trying different approaches. So what inspired you to defy what our medical doctors say is impossible or shouldn't be possible and begin managing your type one with a high fruit diet? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, it was just, I was just open to trying it. <laughs> and once I had the, once I started trying it and saw the instant results, uh, that's what sold me. And that's really the fun part about, you know, working with people living with diabetes. So the fact that it's such an objective disease that can be, that's managed on a day-by-day basis and monitored on a day-by-day basis really gives you instant access, you know, to what is working, what is not working. So when I was doing the Gabriel Cousins program, I was taking, you know, roughly, I would say about 10 or so total units of insulin per day and consuming no more than 30 total grams of carbohydrate per day. So that carb to insulin ratio is three to one. Mm -hmm. And so as I started eating these foods, that you think, you know, you shouldn't be having. So more bananas. I remember I was buying lots of frozen fruit at that time because I was in uh, Gainesville, Florida, going to college at the University of Florida and starting to eat these fruits and seeing that I, my insulin sensitivity, the amount of insulin I needed for the total carb, carbs I was consuming was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. And when you start, you start going low, you start having low blood glucoses because you're taking too much insulin. It's really mind boggling. And as you go through that experience, it's just like, wow, this is, this is incredible. This is working. And I want to keep learning more and more about why this is working. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And so did you have any issues at all during the transition, particularly with the high fruit diet? Like, did you have any stumbling blocks or, you know, how some people kind of depending on what they're going through when they do change their diet, sometimes they struggle a bit in the beginning. So did you have any health related issues during that transition? So the particular transition from doing a, a plant-based keto type of diet towards this diet that I follow now, um, was that particular transition was actually quite smooth. And I think part of the reason was I was just so, so motivated and so excited. Mm-hmm. And I, part of the thing we talk about with our clients is just you have to have a why. If you have a reason, then you can do anything. And I was just so excited and confident that I'm going to be the first person ever to, you know, reverse type one diabetes on the, on a, you know, a high fruit, low fat plant-based diet. And it's going to be amazing. And, you know, I still believe it's going to happen at some point. It hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. but the motivation and to do that at the beginning. And, you know, the story I've always told myself and still tell myself today is the example of Roger Bannister. He was a, the guy who broke the four minute mile. And all the smartest people in the world, all the scientists said, you cannot do that. Your heart's going to explode. That's not possible. Mm -hmm. And he went ahead and he did it. And now people do it, you know, easily. It's not that big of a deal anymore. Not easily, but people, a lot of people do it. He set the standard. Now a lot of people do it. Right. So paving the way. (laughs) Yeah. So I had this motivation. So now I'm not, not to say that, um, you know, making lifestyle transition is the easiest thing ever. And I'm just perfect at that. I struggled for many years before that trying to make lifestyle changes. I think part of the reason is because I didn't have the right information, Mm -hmm. which made it a little bit more challenging. But I can remember many, many times driving home from high school and, you know, I'm supposed to be following this list of foods I'm supposed to eat and this list of foods I'm not supposed to eat. And I'm doing my best to follow it. And the number of times I would drive home and have a conversation with myself saying, okay, don't stop at the grocery store and go get the free cookies. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and then just going to the grocery store. There's this one grocery store. It was called Sweet Bay. And they would give away these free cookies. And I would walk around the store. I'd grab a cookie. Then I would walk around and grab another one. And I just, you know, that experience of, 
you know, feeling guilty and bad. Like I've certainly, I've been through that and I know that's a serious thing and that's real. That's a human thing. Mm-hmm. But the particular transition of going to the, the, the fruit-based approach that I do was super smooth. And because I was working with a coach, which was one of the greatest decisions I made. So I was working with Dr. Doug Graham and I would email him every single day for 90 days straight. And he emailed me back every single day. I bought, you know, I bought three 30 day consults with him. We got to know each other super well. And I just, I did it really well. I executed it properly. And that was the foundation. And because I was so motivated and I just did it so well, uh, there's really no looking back. It's just all I really know how to do. And that's, that's what I do. It's, that's how I eat. Well, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, having a coach definitely helped you because we understand the importance of having that accountability partner. And that's why we provide what we do for, for people, because having that accountability partner and somebody to push you and to drive you further in your progression into whatever it is, it's not only diet, but for anything in life, I think is really important. So I'm really happy that you highlighted that. And I'm happy that it helped you because it definitely helps a lot of people. And now you're a coach for people with diabetes. Exactly. <laughs> It's, it's so important. We need like millions of us. There are so many people that could benefit from this information and have that support that if you, if you have a coach, if you are thinking about working with these guys, you think it work with us, I cannot emphasize enough to jump in and do it. The coaching is so, so helpful. It really is. We, it's, it's good for even coaches to have coaches. That's right. <laughs> it's true. So, so can you go into a little bit more detail for our type one diabetic listeners about how exactly this particular diet manages your diabetes? Yes, that's a great question. So the, the big thing here is that what we do at Mastering Diabetes with my co-founder, Cyrus Kambada, he's also living with type one diabetes. We teach people how to reverse insulin resistance, or you could say maximize insulin sensitivity. So it's well known, everybody understands, insulin resistance is the cause of type two diabetes and prediabetes. That is, once you solve that, you can completely reverse those conditions. But for those living with type one diabetes and type 1.5, insulin resistance is not really a big part of the conversation, and we are trying to do our best to make it part of the conversation. So it's true that insulin resistance is not the cause of type 1 and type 1.5. We actually don't know exactly what the cause is. Um, But if you are, but basically everybody living with type 1 and type 1.5, unless they're following a low-fat plant-based diet, is living with insulin resistance. And the problem with that is that, number one, it makes it more challenging to manage your blood glucose. Mm So you, most people are on the diabetes, the, the blood glucose roller coaster, going up and down and not really knowing exactly why. And that's what's happening when people are following, you know, more of a standard American diet, where they're eating you know, large amounts of carbohydrate and large amounts of fat, and you're really all over the place. But more importantly than even just the challenges of managing type one with when you're living with insulin resistance is the fact that insulin resistance is a precursor to many, many major chronic diseases. And the most important is heart disease. So all people living with diabetes, the number one killer, type one, type 1.5, type two, prediabetes, all of it is heart disease. It's the number one killer of all people in the world, actually, but also all people living with diabetes. So the diabetes community in general is really focused on just fixing diabetes numbers and having good A1C and getting uh, your blood glucose under control. Yeah, that's important. But if you're not addressing the number one killer, which is heart disease, 
then that's a big problem. So the reason, so that's really what we do. We teach people how to follow a low-fat plant-based whole food diet because that reverses insulin resistance and makes it so the insulin that we are injecting as type ones is working properly. And so as I was discussing earlier, well, I should, we should go back and probably define it. I'm sorry I didn't do that. Type one is technically classified as an autoimmune condition. So that is where we, the body has been said to attack itself, which that's a whole other story. I don't really mm -hmm. believe yeah, we don't, we don't either. <laughs> yeah, we, we've so, gotten really deep into yeah. that. So, so anyways, the point is that we don't really know. We don't know exactly why or it's happening, but the bottom line is, people living with type one, or type one point five, have uh, have incurred an injury to their pancreas where their beta cells are not producing sufficient insulin. So, what we want to do as coaches is get people to be injecting the appropriate amount of insulin. It's not about taking the least amount of insulin possible. That's not necessarily an accomplishment. That would be an accomplishment if you knew at the same time that your body was starting to produce more of its own insulin. Mm -hmm. That would be great. That, that's the holy grail there. But just taking less total insulin in the absence of creating more of your own is not necessarily the healthiest thing to do. So we teach people to to take the appropriate amount, which is something similar to what your body would have normally secreted when you when your pancreas was not injured. So everybody you know, who, or your, even your dog, who is a, a non-diabetic, is producing insulin. Insulin is not the enemy. It's a natural, necessary hormone that is produced in adequate quantities is part of a healthy body. That makes a lot of sense. I like that you worded it that way. It cleared some things up for me, I know. Good. I'm sorry. I went all over the place there. I hope people make sense of it. No, absolutely. Um, you, so out of curiosity, I'm sure some of the listeners are wondering, we've got all the facts about it. We're understanding how this works, but what does a typical day of eating look like for you? Okay. That's a great question. So, well, so I personally, so at Mastering Diabetes, we teach a low-fat plant-based whole food diet. And my version of that is particularly focused on fruit. So I still tell people I follow a low-fat, plant-based, whole food diet. But when I get pretty much all my calories and energy from fruit, and then I eat lots of greens and vegetables as well. So a typical day for me would, let's see, I mean, for breakfast today, I had mangoes, dates, and peaches. That was my breakfast. Yes. Uh, for lunch, I'm, I usually have a little bit of arugula with that. I like to have some greens, uh, either some lettuce or arugula or spinach or something with, um, with almost every meal, but I did do that this morning. So lunch is today is probably going to be some mangoes, maybe some, some bell peppers and I have some golden kiwis right now. And then I have a pre-dinner snack, which is usually mangoes and wild blueberries. And sometimes I'll add some spirulina to that. Um, and sometimes I'll add some tomatoes to that. And then dinner is usually a big salad, like a really large salad. So a huge head of lettuce, you know, a couple tomatoes, maybe some carrots, some mangoes, peaches, bell peppers, green onion. Um, sometimes I'll make a dressing, which again is super simple, just throwing fruit and some herbs or something in the blender. It's very, very simple. And that's, that's my diet. But, you know, we teach people a much broader, uh, diet. 
I live in a place where it's very easy for me to access um, fruit. Um, it's very economical for me, and I just, I just personally love fruit. So that's what I do. Well, and you live in a place where the fruit is probably picked ripe, or at least closer to being ripe where you're at, and you're not having to, you know, pick out fruits that have been fermenting because they were picked too early and, you know, sat on the shelf for X amount of time, or, you know, it's, we love fruit, by the way. Don't fear the fruit. We always tell people, don't fear the fruit. Good. This is your good, healing good. power. And as a matter of fact, we actually have a new YouTube series called Don't Fear the Fruit to highlight the unique healing properties of fruit. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that. It's wonderful. I can't wait to check that out. Too many myths out there about fruit. And yeah. We're trying to break them and, and we use them too with a lot of our clients in, in terms of regenerative detoxification because fruits are the ultimate powerhouse in cleansing the body and pulling out a lot of the toxic waste that's stagnant within the lymphatic system and, and so on and repairing those damaged cells because we all got them yes yes so fruit is definitely it's a big part of our program so at mastering diabetes we are very very fruit positive i think it's one thing that sort of makes our program a little bit different uh than some of our mentors to a certain extent but uh, really i mean the diet that we teach is we're really really um, adamant about consuming as much whole foods as possible, like truly, truly intact whole foods. So when it comes to grains, if people want to include those things like, uh, like if you're going to eat wheat, we tell people to eat wheat berries. That's mm -hmm. the true whole intact form, you know, not wheat bread and pasta and stuff like that. Same thing yep. with oats. We want people to eat oat groats. Uh, steel cut oats is good, uh, but then when you get into the rolled stuff, you're, it's not great for people living with diabetes who want really amazing results. And same thing when it comes to pastas. You know, there's all kinds of great products out there, like a bean, a bean pasta. We put that in the yellow light category. It's processed. It's been turned into a pasta. We'd rather have people truly just eat the beans and stuff like that. So that's really the big thing. You know, if people watch my Snapchat or Instagram story. They can see what I'm eating pretty much every meal every day. And I make it a point to show people that everything I'm eating is truly whole unprocessed food. I rarely, rarely have smoothies. Um, everything is just cut up and whole food that I chew and enjoy and really encouraging other people to do the same thing. I like that a lot. You know, and it makes a lot of sense because your body knows what to do with the whole food, no matter what category food group it falls in, your body knows what to do with it. Correct. I mean, the thing is, the human body, the amount of wisdom that is going on in the human body every second of every day is so mind boggling. We will never, ever, ever understand it. And we're talking trillions of cells doing trillions of actions every single second. I mean, when we eat a whole food, um, the, all the vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and their interaction with each other is just so far beyond our comprehension that uh, trying to adjust or, or that wisdom doesn't really make sense to me. I'd rather just go with what nature created. Right, and just keep it simple. We overcomplicate too much. We, we, there's so much information out there. You should do this, you should do that, you know? Just eat the whole food and keep it at that. And I guarantee you, if you just stick with that without doing anything else, you will be in a much better position than somebody that's trying to do a million things at once, plus taking all this medication and doing everything else. And then they get confused on what's working, what's not. And it just becomes a whole mess, really. Absolutely. So true. So 
In our, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I want to see if you have anything else to add. In our mainstream medical culture, we've been told that it's impossible to, you know, manage type one or cure type two with a high fruit diet. And that in fact, fruit is dangerous for diabetics and that they should follow a high protein, low carb diet. So of course, in the alternative or quote unquote underground healing realm, we've seen quite the opposite and hear inspirational stories of people healing themselves left and right with plants. But I'm curious, what's your personal opinion on the mainstream belief that a high protein, low carb diet is the way to go for diabetes? Okay, this is a fascinating topic. It's one of my most favorite topics to talk about. Um, I'm really passionate about learning as much as I can about other perspectives, just really trying to put myself in their shoes and understand what's going on. And particularly in the world of diabetes, the low carb versus low fat debate is, is fascinating because of the amazing results that can be achieved if you do the low carb diet properly. So there's a lot of nuances here, and uh, hopefully the audience appreciates them, and I'm not going uh, too too confusing here. Feel free. But for those, for a person who is living with, let's start with type two diabetes, okay? Mm-hmm. If a person is living with type two diabetes, and they properly execute a truly low carbohydrate diet, a truly ketogenic diet, I'm talking no more than 30 grams of carbohydrates per day. Uh, very, very high fat, or you can do high protein, either one. Uh, it's, either, it's high fat and high protein either way you slice it, if you're not eating carbohydrates. But the point is, you can lose weight, you can get off diabetes medications, you can lower your A1C to a non-diabetic range. I mean, this is absolutely possible and, and has been done by many people out there. Mm-hmm. The concern that we have is that, yes, you fixed your diabetes numbers, but you have absolutely, without any question, eating your way into a state of insulin resistance, okay? You, you cannot tolerate carbohydrates. If that person tries to eat a banana and some blueberries or something, they see a skyrocketing blood glucose number. And that's when they go and say, look, the carbohydrates are causing my high blood glucose. That's the problem. Like, I get the logic, but that's not what's actually going on. The reason that person cannot eat a banana or something without a super high spike is because their cells are loaded with fat. They've eaten themselves into insulin resistance because insulin resistance is the storage of fat in tissues that are not designed to store fat. That is what leads to insulin resistance. You can look into Neil Barnard's work on this. You can look into fMRI studies where they can see the fat inside the cell. That is the reason that that particular person who's doing the keto diet properly cannot eat carbohydrates and tolerate them. So, that's where it, so it gets confusing because you see all these amazing numbers. But so now our message, which is very clear to anybody who wants to you know they're living with type two and they're trying to pick out, okay, what should I do? Is that you can get every single benefit that you could have could possibly gotten with that keto diet. So losing weight, reducing your medications, limiting medications, getting your A1C into a non-diabetic range, you know, lowering cholesterol, all this stuff, you can absolutely positively accomplish by eating a low-fat plant-based whole food diet. And at the same time, you're making yourself heart, heart disease proof, heart attack proof. So, and you're, I mean, you're, I mean, so the person just gets to decide, like you get to decide, like, look at the pictures of the foods you get to eat. Look at the categories of foods. Like, which do you want to eat? Which one do you want to follow? You got to pick one or the other. 
because anywhere in the middle is just an absolute disaster. No, nothing special is going to happen one way or the other. But uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to go the, the plant route. So that's for type 2 diabetes. Now, for type 1 diabetes, there are some particular nuanced results that somebody following a ketogenic diet can achieve that you cannot achieve on a low-fat, plant-based, whole food diet. So the, the, the particular result is a, a truly flat-line blood glucose. So people with type 1 diabetes, you, you, know, you have to take insulin every time you eat food, and, and you have to manage, okay, how much insulin do I take for the food I'm eating? And sometimes you miss. Sometimes you don't give yourself enough, and you go high. Sometimes you give yourself too much, and you go low. That's the reality of type 1 diabetes if you're eating you know, any substantial amount of carbohydrate. Now, if you go and do the keto diet, and again, you do it properly, like you really do it properly. Like uh, Dr. Richard Bernstein, he has a book called Diabetes Solution. He's very, he's like the low carb godfather, especially for type ones. He is a type one himself. You know, he does it properly and a lot of his students do it properly. And they can achieve a flat blood glucose. So they don't really see any types of major spikes as long as they follow the diet and they don't, um, they don't go low very often. Their numbers of lows per week is, is rare for people. And this, this appears, this is, I mean, this is good. I mean, I, I, again, I see the appeal. Like I have friends, I talk to people in the type one community who this is what they do and I get why they do it. But what I'm, what we're here saying is that we don't think that benefit of uh, really steady bug glucose readings is worth the risks that you are adding by following that type of diet. Even if you're doing a plant-based version, a keto plant-based version, you're still depriving yourself of a lot of nutrients and healthy carbohydrates and just living in ketosis is not something that is great for overall health. So the particular, biggest concern, again, is increasing your chances of heart disease, which is the number one killer. So you're improving your diabetes numbers, but you are going to increase your chances of heart disease and other complications. So that's why we don't do that. So yeah, following a diet where you eat a large amount of carbohydrate, like it takes living with type one diabetes, it takes work. Like your guys' pancreas works perfectly. What it does is is truly miraculous. And the way you you eat food and you get the appropriate amount of insulin, keeping your blood glucose right where it needs to be all day long. For us as human beings to have to do the same thing is not easy. But just because it's not easy, like like just because I got diagnosed with type one diabetes does not mean that I now this like other diet, this keto diet is all of a sudden going to be good for my, my heart or my kidney. Like those organs didn't change. So the diet that's good for overall health is the same whether you had type one or whether you didn't. So this whole concept of, you know, I'm going to follow the keto diet to manage, make my type one easier to manage to us is just is misguided is not seeing the bigger picture and it's just something that you know we obviously don't do ourselves and and don't don't teach our clients how to do yes, yes. wonderful elaboration i'm happy that you you know brought that into perspective because we we like to attach ourselves to the initial appeal of things and it's, it's the quick fix it's we're we're drawn as Americans to the quick fix. And that's why we have the problem that we have in this country where we don't see the long-term solutions. And that is the most important thing. It's not about 
living to 150 years. It's about living a quality life until the day you die. Where you're caring for, like you said, all of your organs and not just, you know, focusing on one part of the picture. And, yeah. you know, I'm glad that you mentioned the heart and especially the kidneys. Oh my God, our kidneys are crying for help in our culture Especially today. with the high totally. protein and, and everything mm -hmm. else that's stressing them to cause them not to be able to filter and get out the waste that it needs to, to get out. It's a major detoxifying organ even even a high plant protein diet yep. you know it's yes we got to watch that protein but thank you so much for going into detail with that i think that our listeners will find that refreshing so do you have any advice any personal advice for our type 1 diabetics that might be listening yeah i do have some, some advice uh there's a couple of key tips um so one thing that is very important if you're going to try this approach is as a person living with type 1 diabetes, you really need to pay attention. You got to start with number one, which is your total fat consumption. So we teach people to not eat, to you know, make a goal of not eating more than 30 total grams of fat per day, which makes it easier to calculate. Or you could use nutrition software like Chronometer or Neutrino, um, and you can try and calculate your percentage of calories from fat and make sure it's a maximum of 15% of total calories from fat. So if you, um, if you keep your total fat consumption below that, then you're going to be in good shape. So that's step number one. And then um, this, another key point here is for people living with type 1 diabetes, insulin timing, or you know, I should say insulin-dependent diabetes. There's a lot of people that also you know, have um, their, maybe the official diagnosis is type two and their pancreas is worn out and they need to inject insulin, which is it's totally fine. It happens, that's okay. You gotta move forward with life and inject insulin. So if you're living with insulin dependent diabetes, it's very important to pay attention to insulin timing. That means that when you inject insulin, it does not work immediately. It does not start lowering your blood glucose right away. And when you're following this type of plant-based diet, and you're eating higher carbohydrate foods, your blood glucose goes up quicker. It rises quicker than if you were also eating a bunch of fat at that meal, and more like a standard American diet. So in this case, you have to make sure that the insulin is actually lowering your blood glucose before you start eating a high fruit meal or a high carbohydrate meal. So the way we teach people how to master this is you first you prick yourself, you test your blood glucose, and you figure out what it is. Let's say your blood glucose was 150 milligrams per deciliter. And you want to eat your lunch and it's like 100 grams of carbohydrate or something. So you inject your insulin and then you set a timer for 15 minutes. And in 15 minutes, you test yourself again. If your blood glucose is, it needs to be 120 and going down before starting to eat that food. Now, a lot of people will be shocked to realize that they will prick themselves 15 minutes later and their blood glucose might actually be higher. It might be 160. And that's because their blood glucose at that time was going up. It was already going up. So they injected the insulin and it didn't do anything yet. And your blood glucose was still going up. So by the time it started doing something, maybe you're 170 or something. And then 15 minutes later, you got yourself to 160. So you got to set another timer for 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever you feel comfortable with. And you figure out, you test yourself again. And you, do, you don't have to do this repeatedly forever. It's a learning experience, and then you get intuitive about it. Everybody living with type 1 diabetes uses a lot of intuition to uh, manage their day. So insulin timing 
is key. And, you know, the third tip I would say is move your body consistently. Mm -hmm. Anything, anything helps. Even if it's just walking, even if it's literally just doing 10 push-ups, like you could just do add 10 push-ups to your day, which takes like less than a minute or something. Like the joke, how long that would take. And I kid you not, that will have an impact on somebody's uh, blood glucose control. Awesome. Those Perfect. are a lot of really good tips. They're going to find that valuable. So are there any updates or, or news you'd like to share about your work as a coach with Mastering Diabetes? Yeah, I mean, I would love to tell people about our program, if, I, if that's okay. Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah, so we, um, we have a program where we are trying to help as many people as we can. We did everything we can to offer a really affordable program. So we have a program that costs $29 a month, it's less than a dollar a day. And we give people a lot for that price per month. It's just a subscription service. People can stay as long or as little as they want. They can cancel any time. It's just $29 a month. And what they get, what you get if you sign up for that, is the first thing is an online course. We built this robust online course with a software called Teachable. It's got videos and PDFs and all the lessons that anyone would need for what to do living with diabetes and starting to transition to this program. So there's specific lessons for type one and type two, exactly what to eat, how to you know manage medications, how to fill out a decision tree, how to do grocery shopping, social situations, recipes, anything. Everything you need is in this online course. And we continue to add new material every single week. So there's new material added every week in the online course. The second thing we have is we have a private Facebook group. And this is where we all work together and we write back and forth and share everything that's going on. I literally tell people I want them to post as much as possible. The more they post, the more we can help them. We want to hear from you. So somebody on our team replies to every post within 24 hours. So we want people to know that we are there with you every single step of the way. Every step of the way, every day. You want to post a picture of your meal. You want to post a picture of a product at a grocery store. Hey, is this good? Is this bad? You have any question, you, um, you know, your blood glucose, you're like wondering, why is my blood glucose high? You take a picture of the meter, you're like, what's going on? We're going to get back to you. We're going to have a conversation and we're going to figure this out. So that's the, and this the community support in that group is amazing. People just sharing, getting to know each other. It's wonderful. So we have that. And then every month we do a live Q&A call. And that's a chance for the group to sort of get together and see each other on a Zoom call. People can turn on their camera and show their face and sort of see the people they're interacting with in the group. And it's a chance for people to have, um, you know, conversations with us and more in-depth answers to questions. So any questions somebody had should be answered within 24 hours. But if you want to have, you know, a longer response, you know, a longer conversation, we go back and forth about it a little bit. That's what we do in our monthly Q&A call. And the whole goal here is to just be there and support people every step of the way to reverse insulin resistance and really reach their goals, whatever their goals are. Everybody's at different stages and different goals. We aren't, you know, pushing any certain agenda on certain people. Um, you know, we're well aware of all the different opinions in the low-fat plant-based world, and we support people in a wide range of whatever they want to implement. The whole thing for us is just what is your goal? And let's accomplish it. Let's set let's set the, set that goal clear, and let's do it. And we're gonna help push you in whatever way is necessary to get to that goal. 
Incredible. You guys are doing amazing things. I'm so excited that you've put this all together and you're using your story, your own transformation to help empower others going on that same journey. Thank you so much. It's really exciting. We just, you know, nothing makes us happier than seeing people share results uh, and just get the results. And it's just like our incentives are so aligned. All we want to do is show the world that this works for people living with diabetes. I mean, we're just fighting up a mountain and everybody's saying what we're doing is ridiculous and doesn't work. And it's just completely the opposite from the truth. And we just want to demonstrate that. And all that our clients want is just their best health possible. They want to reach their goals. So that's what we're just here doing every single day, whatever it takes. And it's really fun. That's incredible. That's really cool. I love it. Love so, it. So where can our listeners find you if they'd love to connect? So the best place to go is uh, masteringdiabetes.org. And in this upper right corner, they can click a button that says start here. And that's the easiest place to get started with us. If you want to follow me on social media, on Instagram, um, Mindful Diabetic Robbie. And Snapchat, I am just Mindful Diabetic. I post a lot on those two platforms. And you can also find us on Facebook, um, just facebook.com slash masteringdiabetes.org. Perfect. Well, it was, it was a pleasure chatting with you. and. And we really appreciate the information. This is, this is definitely extremely valuable information that I think a lot of people will benefit from. And uh, we can't wait to share this with the world. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. And look, if any of your listeners have questions, something wasn't clear, um, I'd love to have them email us. It's team at masteringdiabetes.org. Feel free to email. Um, I just want to help people. Wonderful. Great awesome, having you man. on the show, Robbie. Thanks. Wow, that was incredibly informative and very refreshing. Yeah, thanks to Robbie. Love the energy he's bringing to the table. Love what he's doing. He's really, really inspirational. And we encourage you to reach out if you are living with diabetes to reach out to Robbie and his team. They're doing some great work. Absolutely. And if you liked this episode, let us know. You know, share your comments, share your reviews share it with your friends and family. Yeah, I mean, guys, it's it's pretty easy to review. So we, we really encourage it. It helps us a lot to move up the ranks in iTunes. And all you have to do, if you have the podcast app on your phone, which if you have an iPhone, you do, all you do is click on it. In the bottom right-hand corner at the search bar, you type in the Soul and Wonder podcast. Once you get on there, you'll see the Soul & Wonder podcast little album cover. Click on that. And right when you click on that, you'll see a tab that says reviews. All you got to do is click on reviews, put in five stars, create a little unique username, write your one, two sentence review, and you're done. It helps us a lot. Yes, we did have a few technical difficulties with some people trying to leave reviews, but for some reason it wasn't posting. And it was brought to our attention that if you create a unique username... I don't know what that means, but if you make a very unique to you username, it should go through. Yes. So we very much appreciate it and we look forward to seeing you at our events. We we hope to to see you there. If you're in the Charlotte community, come on out on November 8th. As I mentioned, we'll be at WeWork, which is a co-working space. And then all the other events I did mention earlier are also on our website under appearances. Yes. So until next time, talk take to, care. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.